Welcome to another episode of the brand called You. Today I have a very very accomplished entrepreneur and private equity individual Alok Ramsisaria with me. Alok, welcome to the show. Thank you Ashutosh, it's a pleasure to be here. Alok is from IIT Delhi. He's done his MS from the US. He founded Regalix, Terrasin Technologies and Coveda. He's the founder and chief participant of Graziti Interactive and he's the co-founder of Chandigarh Angels Network. So all you startup entrepreneurs looking out for money you know the person to go to um alok before we get into the kind of work you are doing tell me a little bit about your early life so uh, you know I, i think my life has been a series of happy accidents uh, i was born in chandigarh grew up here very much my aspirations were very local uh, one of my friends decided to get into iit so we all followed him i got into iit delhi the big deal at that time was to go abroad get a masters degree so i followed him there and that's when my paths sort of diverged mm-hmm. i kind of figured that i lived 22 years in india it can't be that difficult that you can't come back here and try it out and also there were some personal motivations to come back spend time with my family um and i'd grown up in chandigarh if you've ever been to chandigarh you know why people from chandigarh it's mm-hmm. <laughs> one of the best places in this country to live correct so um i came back here uh, and i couldn't find a job Mm-hmm. So uh, I found a job in Noida, mm-hmm. probably the worst possible experience because at that time it was Noida Export Crossing Zone. Yeah. And if you missed the office bus, you had to take what was known in those days as the Atta Express. Mm-hmm. Right. It was the semi uh, half buses where you could get some goats and some local people, and you had to sit and die for a company. I uh, did that for a year. Decided this is too difficult. I was ready to move back, and then luckily I found this guy in Chandigarh who. Mm-hmm. in a spare bedroom was writing software for the furniture industry in the US okay. probably one of the first few outsourced product development models he was an architect mm-hmm. so we teamed up and we started uh, at construct systems and for a good 9 years we grew uh, a fairly large by our standards for 25 mm-hmm. people we were supporting about 3000 furniture dealers in the US with layout and specification software Right, and then we got some ideas of our own. So we built a product for managing catalogs, and we said, "Hey, this is a new, e- you know, internet revolution." Mm-hmm. You remember we were from the CompuServe days. Yes. So we put together a bunch of learning sites. One was Dark India, and then there was another one where we uh, built a configurator online, which is pretty radical in 2000. That's how we started Coveda. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, you know, 2000 was perfectly bad timing. so we uh, could not uh, find funding nobody could believe that these two guys in chandigarh you know mm-hmm. could have built a world class product i remember you know about in, 10 years after that i was meeting a friend of mine at gap i said yeah we are trying to build something like what you when i told him what we done this is what i'm trying to build now mm. um the, the first thing that i realized there is that if you don't know better you can build amazing stuff yeah. right so from there uh, you know more checkered uh, move got burnt out mm-hmm. decided to start a consulting services operation mm-hmm. from in products went to the us consulted there plan to move them back here uh was too burnt out to mm-hmm. coding so i got into trading you know okay. convinced myself that it could be a good uh, player of market yes. mm-hmm. uh ran out of capital uh my wife went through a huge amount of stress Mm-hmm. what happened to this guy i married mm-hmm. i took kids at that time uh 
and then i said okay don't worry i'll get back into consulting and i actually started consulting to help companies build products out of india and um, that went well some good work with nokri.com mm. uh, with a couple of customers in bombay bangalore and chandigarh mm-hmm. chandigarh connectivity is always a problem right you have to hop on to a bus or a train yeah. get to delhi then catch a flight mm. so to be a you know jet setting consultant was the wrong place and i did not want to move out correct so one of my consulting clients said look you know all the stuff why don't you do it yourself right why don't you get into services delivery once again and that sort of was a kick in the pants i i don't to do this um, mm-hmm. but there are a couple of things that changed in the middle right i still didn't want to go, do software so a friend of mine offered me an opportunity to write content for lead generation marketing okay. and you know, one of the learnings from my covida days was that you might be the brightest engineer you might work the hardest but if you don't understand sales and marketing you're done for mm-hmm. uh, so i had started reading up a lot on sales and marketing collateral right and uh, this was like the perfect opportunity for me to move uh learn a new thing um writing so regalic regalic terrasin these were the product companies terrasin was the services company okay. that we started with the idea of when i went to the us after coveda mm-hmm. it was and in the coveda was coveda was the consulting company coveda was the product company where we were uh-huh. building configurators okay so terrasin was a consulting company looking at doing at least software for the eda industry mm-hmm. uh my customer at that time was uh, informal verification right uh one of the advantages of an iit education is that you have a network correct that can really pick you up yes so uh, though one did not make much of it regalix happened soon after uh, you know when we started doing content actually correction i was not a founder but i founded their chandigarh office okay so we ran one of their first large content marketing operations mm-hmm. for a b2b company was very successful very profitable and uh, the my friends at regalix said hey why don't you open a center in chandigarh for us mm-hmm. they first tried to convince me to move to bangalore where the center right. was which i did not want right. they okay open a center in chandigarh i mm-hmm. started that center we had about 35 people We're doing very well and then 2008 happened right so <laughs> it's uh, i don't know how to put it but you know if you're far away from the center of things but even in the center of things there was a lot of pain we had to let a lot of people go in our bangalore office mm-hmm. in the us especially mm-hmm. and we had to take some personal salary cuts and so i made a promise to all my people that i'm not going to cut anybody off mm-hmm. but we might need to take some salary cuts so we didn't fire anybody uh, i took the largest cut and we managed to sail through those times mm-hmm. my wife had actually come off a couple of personal challenges um, and was looking to get back into the workforce okay. so she started some consulting Mm-hmm. and you know she got one customer for doing web development okay this is 2008 okay and um, you know by 2011 she had signed on uh, two retainers okay. right and regalix was doing good mm-hmm. but uh, you know there are too many people trying to make decisions mm-hmm. it's still doing very well yeah as we thinned out the top layer yeah uh, i think now it's done amazingly well mm-hmm. personally i think part of the problem was that there were six of us friends trying to do things Correct. and learning that you know don't have too many cooks in the top tower right Correct. so along let's move to let's move to graziti yeah graziti is i think your new baby or is it your latest baby um, it's a teenager almost sorry almost a teenager teenager okay 
So, you know, when I was reading about Graziti, you know, you, you work in multiple domains from healthcare, real estate, technology, finance, and education. First, tell me what kind of work did you, do you do in Graziti? And then second, how do you manage such diverse domains? So, I think the operating principle is if you don't know better, you can do amazing stuff. <laughs> okay. One of my customers at NetApp also had this byline. He was one of very senior engineers, right? Mm -hmm. And we were running uh, lead generation campaigns for that company. And his byline was that if you don't care who gets the credit, it's mm -hmm. amazing what you can get done. Mm -hmm. uh, these two things, and you know, uh, my first commitment was to stay in Chandigarh. Mm -hmm. Right? I didn't want to. I've lived all over the country and all over the world, actually. Mm -hmm. So I've uh, worked um, in Bangalore for a few months. I've uh, interned in Bombay. I have family in Chennai in Kolkata and I, my grandparents were in Delhi. So every summer was in Delhi. So, and you know, I worked in Noida. So pretty much anywhere where in India we wanted to, and again, I've been to the US. So I'd made up my mind, you know, not come what may, we'll have to figure out, um, you know, things to do in Chandigarh. Part of it motivation was my mother. You know, my, my mother once challenged me. She's a fairly enterprising lady, not very well read. Mm -hmm. And, you know, said, mom, Chandigarh doesn't have any opportunities. There's a look. There are enough people here who made this an opportunity. Mm. If you want to make your road, you'll be able to figure it out. Mm. That was a challenge that, you know, always sort of stood at the back of my mind. Right. So when we started, uh, you know, Grizzly started as a web development shop, right? PHP, Joomla, those are two things that my wife used to do. Mm. And the one thing we said is we cannot say no to any business. Mm. Okay. So in the beginning, somebody gave uh, them business for data uh, posting into Salesforce, right? We were posting all touches from events into right. Salesforce for a very large customer. Mm -hmm. We were building landing pages for Holland America cruise lines. Mm -hmm. We were doing uh, all kinds of crazy stuff, whatever we could get our hands on from our contacts. In fact, the second retainer also came as a reference from the first one, mm -hmm. right? So we figured once you've entered an account and later on it's known as land and expand, mm -hmm everything the customer ever would want to do. And we were lucky that we were in um, space, which is now called digital, mm -hmm. right? So coming from the website to marketing automation, one of the earliest projects was actually an analytics project, mm -hmm. trying to assess the same customer whose uh, touches we were uploading to Salesforce. Uh, customer said, okay, how much impact did marketing really have on my sales? Mm -hmm. This is a hardware manufacturer. Mm -hmm. So we uh, got it down from their Salesforce account. And we wrote some custom code to analyze their data mm -hmm. and spend a huge amount of time just cleaning up the data. Right. The actual analysis probably took less than a day, mm -hmm. but obviously the, the answer was that marketing has zero impact on sales. Mm -hmm. Right. And unfortunately we didn't get any more work because we were hired by the marketing guys to justify their existence, but it was great learning. Mm -hmm. Right. And, um, just an, it became part of our DNA. Hmm. Whatever you are asked to roll up your sleeves, get it done. Correct. Good part is that a lot of stuff we were doing required um, both database and front end program, mm -hmm. which uh, not too many people seem to have. Mm -hmm. And given the technical backgrounds of both uh, my wife and me and uh, our early employees, you know, mm -hmm. just roll up your sleeves, get stuff done. Um, my my professor at uh, you know Chapel Hill used to have a statement outside his door, mm -hmm. which said software is AKA magic. Okay. 
right <laughs> that was another thing that stuck uh, yeah if it's software we can get anything you want done right so that sort of been the approach to expanding the business as well right so we got into salesforce fairly early on uh the first customer we got was a company called marketo okay. which had marketing automation software Mm-hmm. and you know uh, they were on a hell of a ride mm-hmm. and we just hung on to their coattails so whatever they would ask us to do we'd go on get that done mm-hmm. build up a new practice somebody else would they would give us a lot of referrals mm-hmm. um because we were working on the community which is a very visible part of their mm-hmm. uh, business and they were very high profile in the valley so there you know at, in 2004 15 there was a point in time when we had a customer in every city in the valley you know starting from glassdoor up in mill valley down to gigamon mm-hmm. in uh, san jose mm-hmm. just because of the references mm-hmm. and we learned it's a cabal mm-hmm. right so we were in so called digital spaces correct uh, we would get referred in fact my standing joke this happened with uh, is when one of my customers is talking to somebody at a conference or a meeting mm-hmm. i get two customers Okay. and if somebody leaves their current job then i usually get one two or three customers hmm. so our focus always was delivery right. right if you think about it um offshore services is a no brainer from a business model perspective mm-hmm. right the risk is delivery right you know that it's going to cost cheaper to go offshore hmm. but people don't deliver period correct uh, whatever reasons last mile is always a problem it's always the problem and uh, we focused purely on delivery mm-hmm. and never saying no yeah so sometimes my team gets upset at me they look why did you pick this project mm-hmm. right i'm saying if i don't challenge you if i don't make you uncomfortable mm-hmm. you're not going to grow correct right this is old uh, it's almost like a adage or it's a you know that growth is at the edge of the network yes you do something outside your capability mm-hmm. you will grow yeah. and salesforce is not our core capability mm-hmm. we had the hardest time finding talent mm. right the first engineer we trained in house was a good engineer in fact that guy had built an uber like model at also at one point in time okay this guy you know learned salesforce then the second engineer i couldn't hire for love of money or mike mm. right so we said okay we found this guy who's from chandigarh who was in mumbai getting paid more than what any one of us was making i said okay come join you know mm. we'll take a risk on you and uh, he came joined us was with us for a few years but he allowed us to you know grow then we said the only way we can do this is we can grow hmm. so we invested a lot in training okay. even today we spent close to 15 to 20% of the total company's time on training we have our own internal university and we keep picking up these new adjacent areas in fact now it's a system every year every uh, senior manager has to identify two pangas he has to take right mm-hmm. two areas that he wants to get into mm-hmm. if that's how i got into new areas every year you know adjacencies to current customers correct. or use people see opportunities and uh, you know decide to get into and we were very tool slash platform for very horizontal mm-hmm. the vertical stuff came later you know mm-hmm. um that okay again opportunistically right you found a couple of customers in a particular domain the customers we did good work customers referred us mm-hmm. in the end the business model is very simple right do good yeah, work absolutely do good work and make money yeah money part i think um, good part is that and that comes from my dad yeah okay so when i came back from the us he said okay alok you are you know i was free for about 6 months ago why don't you 
you know, uh, manage and balance my personal balance sheet. Mm. You got to be kidding me. I'm an engineer. I went to the US. So mm. no, no, no. I want you to help me. You know, I got my copy of Lotus one, two, three. A very frustrating three, four months, right? Mm. If you ever try to balance uh, balance sheets, right? Uh, even personal balance sheets, a small balance sheet. Mm. That gave me a very strong insight into financials. Correct. And the other thing I learned to do was projective accounting. Mm. Most people do reactive accounting, mm. right? Okay, looking backwards, this is what I did, this is what I got. Uh, what we do, and we've held us in very good status that we predict what the year is going to look like mm. and keep fixing that as every month ends. So I didn't, I hadn't heard of the word called monthly closing, mm. but we were effectively, you know, working against a plan financially. So one of the choices we made earlier on was that, you know, services companies should not need capital. Mm. Um, I would like to ask you a little bit about Chandigarh uh, Angels Network, which you are the co-founder of. Mm -hmm. Talk to me a little bit about what does this network do and how do I reach out to you to raise money? Uh, I've been a founder president, given my Chandigarh evangelism of the Chandigarh Thai chapter, the Indus Entrepreneurship. That I used to be a member of Delhi. Then 2008, I think a bunch of us decided to put together the Chandigarh chapter. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, for the longest time, what we figured was that people need to raise money. Mm -hmm. One of the challenges that Chandigarh has had that is access to capital for you know, startups. Correct. So I was Thai chapter president um, uh, earlier on, about four years ago. And one of the things we decided was let's float a separate angel network. Uh, so a bunch of us who were in Thai at that time and a couple of, in fact, there was an, a parallel initiative that some other HNIs in Chandigarh had put together. We combined those forces, put together Chandigarh Angel Network with the express aim of providing seed funding mm -hmm. to um, all kinds of startups, but preferably from the region. Mm. So we set that up. Uh, we fund. Uh, we've had some interesting successes. You know, we've, we're probably the third most active angel network in terms of deals closed till last year. The country? Uh, in the country, wow. third or fourth, mm -hmm. according to VC circles. So we've done about fourteen deals by that time. Very small, mm -hmm. but in two years of our existence. Uh, notable successes include uh, biryani by kilo, if you've ever ordered biryani yeah. from those guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so, uh, my personal investments, uh, uh, one of them has tanked, mm -hmm. uh, to be expected, uh, but very smart guy, healers at home. Mm -hmm. uh, another one, um, we had to rescue mm -hmm. uh, because the founders fell out, mm -hmm. uh, but in a very interesting space, it makes uh, health ATMs. Right. Um, and tells you a uh, big learning that came from there is that smart people don't necessarily matter. Smart people with EQ matter. Mm -hmm. Very good idea ahead of its time, great execution, mm -hmm. uh, but the three partners just couldn't get along. And so uh, one of our uh, angels actually got in, cleaned it up. Mm -hmm. One of the beliefs I've always had that HR is strategic yeah. for any services business sure. uh, or even for product business does that matter. So we've always over-invested in HR, even at Guziti, right? We have about 750 people. When, I was at, when it was a 10% shop, we had a one dedicated HR, right? My rule of thumb is that for every 50 to 70 people, you need one HR, hmm. uh, which most people ignore in a country like ours. You know, they, they will take a model from overseas and say, oh, 700 people need one HR, which is what a lot of these IT, large IT companies do. No, our people are very immature. They need more help. 
they need more support. So some HR was one company. I said figured they had a good software, uh, good team, and like us, you know, morphing from services into product mm-hmm. and decent traction. COVID uh, time has been fairly problematic, but uh, he's doing well. Yeah, good, good, good. Yeah. So let me move on to a few personal questions for you. And you know, uh, and my first question is that you know you've had seen a lot of success, and you did talk about your father asking you to look at his balance sheet also. Uh, are there any people, and you know, I want to talk only of two people who've had an influence on your life, and if yes, what have you learned from them? See, parents definitely are important, and because I was in back in my hometown, right, they had had a disproportionate influence. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my wife, for one, I mean, she is the gutsy one, right? Mm. Um, at one point, she used to head uh, development, design, everything. Today, she looks after um, some parts of finance. Mm-hmm. So she's morphed herself. We all morphed ourselves. Yeah. Then I would, you know, I have had some great friends who've been great mentors. Mm-hmm. Um, I, at, at different stages, um, you know, they've been different friends. Right. I thought there were three names that stood out. Mm-hmm. So my friend Raj Batra is an interesting chap. He was at Microsoft, moved to India, started a product company. Mm-hmm. In the initial days when we were, you know, 10, 12 people, he would provide great advice on how to get to 50. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, even today, he provides great advice because he knows me very well. Mm-hmm. Then another friend of mine is a consultant and coaches. Mm-hmm. You know, I invited him once. His name is T.D. Chandrasekhar. Mm-hmm. So T.D., when he came to Chandigarh, he saw my customer list. He said, look, this is great and dandy, but who do you report to? And I said, why do I need to report to him? He said, no, you need to have your board. Correct. So uh, don't be you know, thinking that you know all the answers. Mm. And he helped me put together a advisory board. Okay. So that was a key input at that point in time. And then I have a good friend here in who are part of my Thai network mm. who sort of keep me grounded, right? Okay. Uh, Chandigarh has some unique challenges in availability of talent and availability of how you do things. But this set of friends, which is in my Thai network, actually sometimes is uh, very useful in sounding out. There's a couple of groups that we formed. Mm. These groups provide a lot of direction. Mm. Overseas, uh, again, in our US office, we have uh, a good friend and an ex-colleague who heads our US operations. Great advisor, come colleague. Mm. So I'm blessed. You know, I would just say that I keep looking to, and I also believe that it's sort of like karma, right? Mm. You, what you put out in the universe, you'll get in return. Correct. So you put out good stuff, you'll get good stuff. Correct. So I think I have time now for just one more question. Uh, and uh, this is a question that I'll ask you as someone who has helped so many people. For the thousands of people who will listen to you and me, uh, you know, in our video cast and podcast, a lot of them are potential entrepreneurs. What would your advice be to an entrepreneur, all starry-eyed, wanting to start their journey? I think the first thing is that businesses fail because they run out of cash. They don't fail because they run out of ideas. So you need to get a handle on how money works and your balance sheet and your financial. Basics, it doesn't need too much. It might just be as simple as reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad. But you need to know how your balance sheet works. You need to have a very strong hand. Every idea is worth it if it has the cash to back it. Right? Amazon was unprofitable for all these years at whatever valuations. 
right? It was burning money. Flipkart was burning about 3,000 crores a year. Right? But those guys had a handle on how to run the operations. If you don't have a handle, you'll run out of money or you'll run out of your shirt. So please start with that. Uh, B, I think, is that you have to assess uh, what is known as your personal runway. So financial literacy is the first part. Obviously, passion and great team. Uh, you know, I, I've learned this the hard way that teams matter most. This is a company we recently invested in, through Chandigarh Engine Network called Language Curry. Very strong team. Yeah. Right. And all three came pitched to us, and you know, I like the team more than the idea. Mm. They've done amazingly well. You know, this is pre-COVID. Now in COVID, they've just had. Uh, they were saying forty percent month-on-month growth Amazing. in downloads. Amazing. So if you're, uh, you know. Like the old adage, right? It's the hard workers who get lucky. Yeah, yeah. I've seen that play out uh, in so many places. I agree with you. Yeah. So Alok, uh, thank you very much. Chatting with you has been absolutely incredible. Um, I wish you lots of success with Graziti and with everything else that you're doing. Thank you for being on my show. Thank you, Ashutosh, for having me here. And uh, you know, please feel free. Anybody who's interested in advice, I'm available online um, on LinkedIn you can find me and happy to help wherever I can will do thank, thank you, you thank you so much thank you for listening to the brand called you videocast and podcast a platform that brings you knowledge experience and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world do visit our website www.tbcy.in to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals. You can also follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just search for the brand called you.